Hello, I'm Senator Richard Bryan, a member of the Board of Directors for the Nevada Medical Center. I would like to welcome you to Nevada Health Matters, an ongoing podcast series powered by the Nevada Medical Center, a nonprofit organization that focuses on health care issues and topics that matter to the citizens of our great state. Nevada Medical Center is working to better the lives of everyone in Nevada through collaboration and innovation in the healthcare industry. NMC also monitors and promotes performance metrics to better understand our state's health care priorities and helps to enhance access to quality health care for all of our state citizens. You can find more information about Nevada Medical Center at NevadaHealthMatters.org. Nevada Medical Center is proud to release the second edition in its podcast series designed to feature collaborative health care leaders and further examine vital health care issues impacting our state. This podcast features an interview between Nevada Medical Center Project Director Christy Keller and President and CEO of Grant-A-Gift Autism Foundation, Ms. Terry Jennison. Grant-A-Gift Autism Foundation was recently awarded the Eric M. Hilton Healthcare Collaboration Grand Prize for the work she and other collaborative partners are doing to support individuals and families living with autism spectrum disorders. So Terry... Congratulations on Grant-A-Gift Autism Foundation's selection as the grand prize winner of the Nevada Medical Center's Eric M. Hilton Healthcare Collaboration $10,000 prize. It was a very competitive process and you should be very proud. Can you please share with Nevada Medical Center podcast listeners a bit about the Grant-A-Gift Autism Foundation, the work you do, and the clients you serve? Christy, thank you so much. And obviously, I am just thrilled as our was our whole board and our staff to receive the award. Um, so Grant a Gift Autism Foundation works to serve children, young adults, and families living on the autism spectrum. We will help them to receive assessments and vocational training and the therapies that they need, all so that they can master living with autism because autism doesn't go away. There is no cure. It's just how do you live the most full and productive life that you can with the resources that are available. That sounds like very rewarding work. Thank you. How long has GGAF, Grant a Gift Autism, I'll just refer to it as GGAF if that's okay that with works, you, Terry. Yes. How long has it been in existence? So we are actually celebrating our 10-year anniversary this year. Wow. We were founded in 2009 by a single mother whose son, uh, she just noticed that he wasn't exhibiting the right kinds of things that you, behaviors that you do when you have a, a child and the milestones they were supposed to be hitting. And so she went and re received a diagnosis from the amazing Dr. Julie Beasley. Um, and, but what she found after that was, is that the, the, the services and the things that were needed weren't available here. So she helped create this to help other families also navigate once they are uh, diagnosed with autism. What do I do next? And so that was 10 years ago. That's quite an impact in the community for 10 years. That's amazing. How many clients and families do you serve on an annual basis, Terry? Well, so let me back up just a little bit. Okay. So um, three years ago, uh, in 2015, the conversation started with UNLV School of Medicine and with Gary Ackerman, whose son, Andrew, is now 35 years old and was diagnosed 25 years ago on the spectrum about the needs for those services here. So in 2016, UNLV School of Medicine and the Grant Gift Autism Foundation, GGAF, mm -hmm. uh, jointly opened up the Ackerman Autism Center. 
So we opened that up in 2016, and that's the whole healthcare collaboration award mm. that was just so impactful because not any, not usually people can't do it on their own. Mm. How do you work better together to get something accomplished? So to answer the question about how many we serve on an annual basis through the center and the diagnosis and the services that are provided over there, we can see over a thousand patients a year, but they will see my goodness, um, probably serve anywhere from six to 8,000 services Wow, for that child. That's amazing. So it's not a simple Understood. answer. Thank yes. you for clarifying that, Terry. I appreciate that. To what extent do autism spectrum disorders impact our community? In other words, Terry, how many individuals are diagnosed with ASD on an annual basis, would you guess? So um, the CDC last year just came out with a new number that one in every 59 are, are um, uh, diagnosed to be on the autism spectrum. But what Dr. Beasley will tell you too is, is that if you see one person with autism, you see one person with autism. Because the range is so wide, it could be that you have a, a, an individual come in and I've seen some of the cutest little babies that come in next door at the Ackerman Center um, and absolutely nonverbal, are frustrated, they can't speak, they don't know how to communicate. Uh, all the way up to those that are very high functioning and are just literally brilliant in what they can do and how they function every day, but just missing that piece of the socialization. So there is, when you when they talk about the autism spectrum, Christy, it really does go from very nonverbal and maybe aggressive all the way up to the other end of very high functioning and just brilliant on the charts. So they just might need that socialization on how do I get employment in the community? How do I get those that I'm going to be working with to understand what it means to work with me that I can't look you in the eye, I'm not going to shake your hand, but boy, give me a job to do and the task that I'm good at and I can just and I can do it. Knock it out of the park. Yeah. Thank you for that for our listeners who probably don't know that distinction. So what you're saying, it's very individual. Absolutely. Oh, right. as she says, thank you. You meet one person with autism. You've met one person with autism. Yeah, I love that. Is the number in our valley steadily declining, increasing each year, or staying about the same in terms of diagnoses? So it is increasing. And people will ask, well, my goodness, what does that mean? Why? What's happening? But we really do believe that a lot of it is that we have the opportunity to better diagnose. So over the years, people just thought, well, maybe there's just uh, mental health issues. Maybe there's just uh, anger. Maybe there's just lack of Mental retardation has actually been termed as autism in the past. But because now we have a better way to diagnose, Dr. Beasley can, through the Early Start Denver model, diagnose as early as 12 months to 18 months. And if you can get that early intervention, boy, the success rate of that child to be able to live a happy, productive life just increases triplefold. Sounds like Dr. Beasley plays a significant role. Absolutely. In the work that you do every day. Absolutely. She um, is probably the premier neuropsychologist in town. There are other wonderful neuropsychologists as well. But because of the la- uh, there's a shortage mm-hmm. of those providers, a lot of them we've had to bring from out of town and out of state. So we're real, we are recruiting across the country. But Dr. Beasley's been in this community for over 20 years. Yes. Um, and she was actually in private practice and closed her practice down when we opened up the Ackerman Autism Center because she just believed in the whole multidisciplinary team vision that Dr. Beasley and Gary and Linda and Dr. Atkinson had 
to be able to support the families that we serve. So she closed her practice down to come over here and she's the clinical director. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. How did you learn about Nevada Medical Center's Eric M. Hilton Healthcare Collaboration Prize? Well, if I'm going to be very honest, I've known Julie Murray for many, many years. Um, and I've heard what the work that was going on with um, Dr. Uh, Garden, Florence Jameson and Julie, of course, and uh, all the others that are there, John O'Reilly, that are doing this work. So I've, I've heard about the work for years. Mm -hmm. And so I, I re actually received an email to oh, say that wonderful. this opportunity was out there. So... We saw it and we said, we can do this because of the collaboration that we have with our healthcare partner. It just made sense. It makes perfect sense. So Wonderful. Very, very blessed. All right. So I think you answered my next question, which is what compelled you to apply. So I'm going to just skip to another question because you answered that one, asked and answered. So as you know, Terry, an important component for grant applicants for the prize included established collaborative partnerships with other organizations. GGAF has a unique partnership with the UNLV Medicine Ackerman Autism Center and the UNLV, UNLV School of Medicine. Can you share how these partnerships support children with autism spectrum disorders specifically as it relates to diagnostic, diagnostics and vocational training? Absolutely. And, you know, that is a mouthful on that. Uh, it is. UNLV Medicine Ackerman Autism Center. And I still, <laughs> I still managed to stumble. No, God bless you. I appreciate that. Uh, we're trying to find an acronym for that as if it like our GGAF. So um, again, the, the vision for it was to have a, once a child receives or a parent that might have a pediatrician say, you know what, I, I believe that your child is showing signs of a potential autism. So they can be referred over to the Ackerman Center. We can also take a referral from the Clark County School District and, and, and their school. So if they are thinking, so even though that's not a medical diagnosis, they can make a referral over to the center. They will call in then and get on the, the wait list over here to, to have the services be seen or for them to have services. Um, and then it will start with that diagnosis. And then in this multidisciplinary team, as so we call it MDT, mm -hmm. once that diagnosis has been given, and then there will, they'll say, then what is next? So a child might need just intense therapy. A child just may need speech therapy for a certain amount of time. So through that MDT, they get together and talk about the, the diagnosis of the patient that they'd seen. And then it will be referred out, referred out to what's next. Mm -hmm. And as Dr. Beasley and Dr. Mario Gaspar like to say, as opposed to referring you out, we like to walk you down the hall. So that is part of like what that whole diagnostics looks like as well. And then the vocational part of it, that is not covered by insurance. So that's obviously at the, the higher end of a, a young adult's age. Right. So once they hit about 16, 17, the vocational training isn't covered by insurance. So that's when it comes back over to grant -to gift and then we have our programs over here, which is the Teen Works and the SPART program, which is vocational training um, and to get them employment in the community. So that's the, the when you talk about that partnership, mm -hmm. it is the partnership of the School of Medicine, the diagnostics with the actual docs and the therapies. And then they can go all the way through those uh, therapies, daily living skills. And then that next step is the vocational and that comes back over to grant gifts. So that's another unique partnership that we have. Wow, that's in amazing this collaboration. And if Eric Hilton is listening to us now, or could be sitting at the table with us, 
he would be smiling from ear to ear because the walking down the hall, to use your words, Terry, is everything he envisioned and why he and Julie founded the Nevada Medical Center because he really believed in getting folks that are leaders in the industry to get out of silos and to unite and work together because then everybody is the benefactor when we work together. So that's exactly what you just described. Oh, Christy, I love it. And I hope he is looking down on us. And I just do with a He's big here. smile. He's here with us in that's spirit, right. for sure. May I just share with you? Because I think yes. that he would also appreciate what Dr. Beasley said to me when I was interviewing for my job here. Um, she was taking me on the tour of the center. And she just looked at me and she goes, Terry, she says, this is what medicine should look like. And I, right then and there, I said, I need to get this job. Yes. I want to be a part of that so that every family who is in need, they, they should be cared for. They should be have their arms. Everybody who's helping them should have their arms wrapped around them. And so I hope that Mr. Hilton appreciates what Dr. Beasley's vision is as well. I'm sure he absolutely would <laughs> and does. So, Terry, will the $10,000 prize support a specific component of GGAF's programming, such as diagnostics? behavioral or vocational training, education, or perhaps another focus area? Or do you even know at this point? You know what? I don't believe that we really know because the need is so large in each one of the areas. Um, I'd like to think that if we can use that co that $10,000 collaboratively as well with all the other donors who are, are putting their money into grant to give that it will touch a little bit of it. Even if it's a dollar here, $10 here, I really do believe that it's going to spread across the whole uh, picture because if one piece stops working, I don't know that the rest of it will be as functional. So I'd like to say that it's going to help all of them. That's fantastic. Thank you for clarifying. How does You've touched on this a little bit, Terry, but how does GGAF help families navigate the puzzle that is autism? Oh, my goodness, Chrissy. It's a great question. One of the holes that Linda found when she found this organization was is that, and that navigation word was key. Mm -hmm. So what happens with us right now is, unfortunately, there is a huge wait list, not just at the Ackerman Autism Center, but there is every other provider in Clark County, in the state of Nevada, has a wait list because of the lack of resources, lack of providers that, are, uh, that can provide that for the families. So the navigation department, what they will do is, is that our team works to see and do the research of what is out there, what is... It, what is out in rural Nevada? What is up in Reno? Because we actually do get phone calls from Reno to say, my child's just being diagnosed. What do I do? So the navigation department really is just for a family to be able to call. Then our team can say, so what are your needs? Some might need SNAP. They might need the, the, the SNAP benefits. They might need um, an ABA provider. They might need a speech pathologist. And, and they've got wait list on each one of those. So our team does that research, talks to each one of those families individually, and then helps direct them to the next resource where they might be able to find the services that they would specifically need. What a comfort for the families to know that you all are a resource just to have their questions answered. Because after a diagnosis of that magnitude, I'm sure they have numerous questions and are dealing themselves with how what the future is going to look like for their loved one. And so having that support has got to be just amazing for these families. Well, we hope so. I mean, that is the goal. And, and look, the other thing is sometimes people just want to be heard. They want to know that somebody is listening to them. And if even if we can't give them the answer right now, they know that we're working on it and, and we'll be able to get back to them. Um, 
But one of the things that I really do love about our navigation department is because there is a wait list. So you've got all your paperwork in and you're on that list to be seen over the Ackerman Center. You're not just now going to wait six months, one year, possibly 18 months, depending on the provider, right. to receive those services. If you choose, you can come to grant a gift and we can begin that navigation process with you right away. We will keep you updated because we're in communication with the Ackerman Center uh, to say like where you are in the process. So it's really that seamless work that we, and, and look, to be very honest, we're still working on it. It's not complete right now. There's still some things that we are working on in our partnership, but we want to make sure that we do the best that we can for those families waiting. So it's a lifeline for the families in essence, I like right? I, yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to take that. You can take, you can Thank absolutely you. take it. Absolutely. So Terry, as the president and CEO of GGAF, of what are you most proud? Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm really proud of this team and how everyone has just come together and communicated to say, what are the needs? Because you've got operations and finance and programming and, and fundraising, but this team really works well together and everybody focuses in on that same mission. And our mission is to support the families that we serve, no matter what your job is. We all make sure that we're trying to reach that mission of supporting our families. And I love seeing and hearing that every day. Your face lights up when you talk about your team. So that's wonderful. That's, cool. that's wonderful. Can you share a personal story about GGAF's success in supporting an individual with autism and their family? I can't. And you know what? It's funny. This, this is interesting timing because it, it really just hit last week. So I've been here about a year and a half. And um, again, some of the um, children needing services, it's very intense. So I've got one that, there, well, there's several that I get to see. They're here five days a week and for four hours a day. So his name is Nick. And um, I've seen Nick for well over a year now. He came in nonverbal, frustrated because he couldn't communicate. And so he was yelling out and his mother speaks broken English. Um, and so I've seen Nick and I have seen Nick grow immensely. Um, he will now communicates through an iPad to tell us what his needs and his wants are and his therapist, who his needs and wants are. So I was just over the other day and I was taking someone on a tour and it was a, a young man and he's got like a little scrubble, you know, with his beard. Right. And so I said, hello to Nick. And Nick, I said, high five. And so Nick gives me his high five, but he stops and he looks at, at my friend and he like reaches up and he just starts like like touching his beard. And he was just like, he got very calm. Mm -hmm. And then he just reached out and then he just, he gave him a hug. Oh, wow. And so my friend was, I said, no, it's good. But my his mother and myself, we were looking and it was like, just to see Nick grow from that socialization standpoint and, and being able to communicate that way. To feel comfortable enough. Oh my right? goodness. To touch somebody else. He yeah. just wanted to feel his beard oh, and he wanted to let him know that he thought it was cool, so he was going to give him a hug. So, I don't know. It was, that was just really touching, and Absolutely. and but just the commitment. So Nick has to be here five days a week. His mother has to get him here five days a week. So to actually have to be able to make that commitment because for for your child mm -hmm. and for yourself, um, it was just really an energy profound. Yeah. yeah, you know, you're speaking to my heart because as you know. Uh, before I started working with Julie, 
I was a teacher many years ago in the Clark County School District, and I started out teaching autistic young people. So this is like I've come full circle. I love that here. you're sitting across the table. I know from this me. is amazing. <laughs> yeah, and this center and you were not doing the work that you're doing when I was teaching and supporting these young folks. And it's great to hear that these services are being provided. Oh, Christy, so you know what? I'm going to hopefully make Mr. Hilton smile one more time, because the other thing is, is we are we are emphatic on making sure that we collaborate with other people. We are working with CCSD. We were just at Variety the other day partnering with them, letting them know what we do. Our team got to know more what they're doing. It really is important for all of us to collaborate together because we're all serving the same children and the same um, the, the families in Clark County. And so we have to make sure that we collaborate together. 100% agree because when the families and the children that we all serve makes us better, we're better. That's right. Right. Our whole community is better. Absolutely. Okay, so GGAF, GGAF partners with local agencies such as FEET, which is Families for Effective Autism Treatment, who team up with other partners like Las Vegas Golden Knights and the Smith Center. Can you talk about how these partnerships support families and those diagnosed with an autism spectrum disorder? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So those examples are very interesting. So FEET specifically is fabulous. Um, she does a lot of the parent empowerment trainings and so we will send our families over to her when she holds them. She might do it weekly, definitely monthly, when she holds those um, uh, the parent empowerment trainings for mm -hmm. the families. So we definitely send our families over there, uh, and so that they can get those resources and whatever that might be. It's you know how do I financially plan for mm -hmm. my family after I'm gone if my mm -hmm. child isn't going to be able to take care of themselves. But the other two, that's interesting because. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, we've had a partnership with them for over the past year, and they support us financially. Um, and then they're also going to be doing a, an, a low sensory or not a low sensory game. You can't have a VGK mm, low right. sensory game, but they're going to be doing a um, autism awareness game. But at T-Mobile, they actually were the first ones in Clark County to bring the low sensory bags for any event that's going to happen at the T-Mobile Arena, so a Knights game or a concert. So if you go there at all, you can go to client services and you can ask to check out a low sensory bag. It gives the child um, the headset so that it reduces the noise. Amazing. It has a fidget spinner in it and it also has like a bottle of water. And it also puts a tag for the family to, for the child to wear. And then they've trained up their entire staff to see that if there is someone with that tag, they know that they're going to be on the spectrum and that just they've been trained on how to handle them. If maybe they get like excited and they're, they're, they're like not handling the noise well, their staff know now how to intervene in an appropriate way to make it a successful venture for the child, but also for those surrounding that are at the event. What a tremendous way for them to feel included. Oh my goodness. Right? Right. Because, you know, you can't see autism. Um, you just like, what's wrong with that child? Or is there no control? What's wrong with the parent? And right. so that's not the case. It's, it's how do you, how do you make that awareness in the community for people to have the understanding of what that family might be having to go through? That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. GGAF acts as a community safety net by filling in treatment and funding gaps not covered by state and federal resources or insurance. What specific needs or supports, Terry, are most critical 
to provide for those diagnosed with autism. So what we're finding, and this is the advocacy piece that comes into the work that Grant-A-Gift does. Um, currently, we have a bill in front of the legislature, not us specifically, but the autism community as a whole. Um, we're involved with it as is the Ackerman Center. But one piece is, is that the Medicaid rates for the reimbursement rate for the registered behavioral technician, an RBT, uh, is $36 an hour, where on a national average, it's $48 an hour. Wow. And so we are finding that um, to be able to provide those services, the reimbursement rate is not covering what it takes for a child to be seen and receive those services. We're not competitive in that. At all. Okay. At all. So, so then, so there's that one piece of it, and then it trickles down. So then you've got these folks who want to do this work and they're trained to be an RBT, but if they are in there and they, they can't get paid a living wage because the reimbursement rate doesn't cover it, that you were finding that they're coming in and they're doing the work, but then they have to go find a job. There was a young man who testified the other day at the legislature and he wants to do it and he loves his work and he's been doing great, but he was able to make more money. And this was his testifying, mm -hmm. um, his testimony. Uh, as uh, selling burgers at the In-N-Out. Oh, my goodness. And so he's really struggling with that. You have to figure out the work that you love to do and or and take care of your family as well, right? So that's one piece of where Grant-A-Gift comes in as the funding those uh, gaps. So we can work and raise money to be able to help fill those funding gaps if the sender has to uh, um, charge a certain amount for a service and insurance doesn't cover it or doesn't cover it fully, we can potentially come in and help support and fill that gap. So we're willing to do that, raise the money for that. But at the same time, if you can get the federal government and the state of Nevada to increase that rate and bring us up to, on the national average, we can continue to raise money for other needs that these families might have. That's absolutely necessary legislation. I hope that bill passes. Thank you very much. So if anybody's listening, call your... Senator and your assembly person yes. and ask them to, to support those. Yes, emails. he shouldn't have to make that decision, right? He exactly. should be able to do the work that he wants exactly. to do. Okay, Terry, as the leader of GGAF, what is your greatest challenge? Well, obviously, as a nonprofit, you're always going to say funding first and foremost. But honestly, the, the community has been very generous. We could always use more funding to be able to provide more services. But I think the the challenges right now are are... I'm going to say maybe two or threefold. First, it is the lack of awareness. What is autism? And so if we can get the community to understand that what it means for someone to li be living on the autism spectrum, that's going to be really huge for us. Um, and then not us, it's the families. That's who I'm referring to. Um, because again, you can't see it. But if we can help the community understand what it means to be living with autism, that's probably the number one challenge. I think the other one for us specifically is the lack of providers. We've been fortunate and been able to raise money and donors are saying, yes, I will give you money to, to hire another neuropsychologist or hire another developmental behavioral pediatrician because there's one in the state of Nevada. Wow. Dr. Mario Gaspar de Alba is the one and only Developmental Behavioral Pediatrician in the state of Nevada. I was not aware of that, Terry. It, we have one. One in the entire state. So that is a, a big challenge. I've got some dollars to be able to help find those, but we can't find those providers. So that is what we're working on very, very hard right now to help 
go out nationally and find out if there's anybody who wants to move to Clark County to work at the Ackerman Autism Center to help support the families. Because then if we could get those docs and those therapists here, then we should be able to um, uh, reduce that wait list. But I have to tell you, Christy, I want to put a plug in here right now why I think that this is so important for that collaboration with the UNLV School of Medicine. That's what we're identifying. So the center and the School of Medicine, they use that center to say, what needs do we have? And then those that are coming through the School of Medicine, we have two currently that are in the first two classes for the School of Medicine that now have this desire to want to become the next Dr. Mario Gaspar. Yay. But it's going to take us five to six yes. to seven years to get it done. But at least we are doing something about it. Without question. And that's why I love this partnership. I always tell people the School of Medicine is a pipeline to be able to provide the services for the Ackerman Center. That's amazing. Those are substantive challenges, but doable, right? But we're, we're, we're going to do it. Yeah, doable. Thank <laughs> you. So here's maybe a more fun response. What's your greatest reward? Again, I'm going to talk about I get to see every day. I can go over and I can see a Nick and I can see a Jess and I can see all those. The, the, and the Leos who come over here for the vocational training. And then I've got Drew who just got employment into the community. I literally get to see the, the children and young adults that we are raising money for and trying to find those doctors for. I get to see them every day and I get to hear their success stories and I get to talk to their parents. Um, boy, even a navigation mom the other day, she called, she was so frustrated. Um, but because we got back to her, this she sent an email back to our navigation team and she just said, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because I just want you to see the two little girls that I'm that you are helping just by helping us figuring out what the next step is. And so we get emails, we get to see them. I'd say that's my greatest reward. That's got to be great nourishment for your soul, I would think. Every day. Every day, my friend. <laughs> that's wonderful. So last question, Terry. What advice do you have for any other organization who might be interested in applying for a future Nevada Medical Center grant? You know, if, if you can just ensure that your collaborations are strong, that you are transparent and that you are, that you're tracking data. And I, I hate to put the word data in with a child, but it, it really is about the outcome. So if you can figure out as a nonprofit, how you can tell your story by changing the life of someone that you are working on behalf of in numbers so that it is not just an output, but there's an actual outcome about what has happened. That I, I, I think would be, and I don't know why I wasn't on your, on your committee to choose, but that's how I would look at it is to say, what difference are you really making? And it through collaboration and through transparency. Um, and you absolutely hit the nail on the head because that is exactly what we were looking for. Okay. So thank you. I wanted you to share that with our listeners because we plan to have the Eric M. Hilton Prize again next year. Beautiful. Are we allowed to apply for it again? Well, that's a good question. We'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to get back with you on that. You know what? In all fairness, I'd, I'd like to share that. I hope other people can come up and, and have this opportunity because it really is amazing to get the support of an organization like your all's and the, the board of directors and you know the, those that are volunteering with your group. So we're just very honored and thank you for this opportunity. Well, congratulations again, Terry. And thank you so much because I know our listeners now have a taste of what Grant a Gift Autism Foundation is all about and how you help families 
and children living on the autism spectrum disorder and the work that you do is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Christy. The preceding podcast was brought to you by Nevada Medical Center, working to improve the lives of all Nevadans through quality health care. You can find more information about NMC at NevadaHealthMatters.org.